Well, I've seen it all my life, as I've traveled down south to go visit family ever since I was a baby, making trips to Toronto and traveling down Highway 69. Back when I was four years old, they just managed to go up and over the hill near Port Severn. Today, they still have 60 kilometers left to four-lane of this highway. Since the time I was born, they've only had 250 kilometers to four-lane. I am now 40, and it is still not complete. But why is this? And why is it there are so many areas in in this province of Ontario, both north and south, that do not have proper infrastructure for the highway services. When you go to provinces like Quebec and Alberta, and hell, anywhere on the east coast, they have an expansive highway network. But in Ontario, the most populous province, and the province that makes the most money for this country, still has a massive infrastructure deficit. Being from the north, I know this the most, because all the money that is used for the infrastructure services in this province, 98% of it goes south of the Muskokas. But why is that? And why is it that even south of the Muskokas, there is still a massive infrastructure deficit? Well, that's one of the things we're going to take a look at today on the Autolux podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. Coming to you from our main website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out, and see some of the great things that the autolux.net website has to offer the automotive world. From information, design, reviews, and corporate links websites, it can all be found on the autolux.net website. The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and distributed by podbeam.com. The Autolux Podcast podcast is hosted by the one and only doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett Jane. If you'd like to get a hold of either myself or the Autolux podcast team, send us an email over at email at autolux.net and we'll get back to you. Hell, if you want to be interviewed or wish to be part of the show, send us a quick email. The email again, email at autolux.net. So like I said in the beginning, my entire life I have watched this 250 kilometers worth of four laning required to be finished. And over the course of 40 years, 190 kilometers of that has been completed. That's it. Meanwhile, around the major urban center of Toronto, they have completed more than triple that amount of expansions to their highway infrastructure, and yet they still still one of the most gridlocked cities in the country. Not, not as gridlocked as Vancouver or hell, even Montreal during rush hour. Trust, trust me, if you've ever been there, uh, Montreal during rush hour is even worse than being stuck in the 401 during rush hour. Trust me. I have been through it. The like 16 lanes you get in some areas in the 401 is way better than being stuck in any of the six to eight lane highways that they have running through Montreal. Even though they got more, it's not better laid out. But yet again, when you go east of Ontario, every province has massive amounts of four-lane infrastructure. The East Coast, when I was out there in the 90s, so when I was about 13 years old, we made a trip to the East Coast of Canada, and that's when they were just starting the massive infrastructure development for expanding their highway network. This is an area of Canada that hardly grows. Throughout my lifetime, the east coast of Canada has grown less than any other major area. They have net population depletion greater than importation. So why is it their infrastructure for moving and transporting products and people across their province is greater than the most populous province and the one that essentially is the engine that drives the nation? Well, when you allow a bunch of rich business people 
who are only centered in one major urban area, the Golden Horseshoe. So we're talking about Toronto, Hamilton. An area that expands from Oshawa in the east, to Milton in the west, Vaughan in the north, to Ancaster in the south. All of these areas are a giant bubble. And as you've noticed, most people today live inside of bubbles. Not a lot of people go outside of their bubbles. They, they claim that they do because they will go to the airport in their city, hop on a jet, and go to another area. But essentially, they're not going outside of their bubble. Because if people from Toronto went outside of their bubble, more of them would actually visit more areas of the province of Ontario. If you've ever traveled the third best highway route in all of Canada after the Cabot Trail and Sea to Sky Highway, Highway 17 from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario to Thunder Bay, Ontario, riding along the coastline of Lake Superior is the third most scenic route you'll find in this entire country. And yet, when you ask people from Toronto if they've ever traveled it, even people who go out and actually visit things will have never done it. Why? It's in your own province. It's seven hours away from you. It's closer than going to the East Coast, and yet more people are willing to travel outside of their bubble to go to the East Coast. But why is that? Oh yeah. That's because once you get past Perry Sound, there are no limited access throughways. There's 60 kilometers breaking the city of Sudbury from the city of Toronto. The city of North Bay is the only center in all of Northern Ontario that actually has a four lane highway to it. It's not fully limited access and not an expressway style, but it's four lane. It's similar to that of you'll find in all of the prairie provinces and hell even BC. Besides Ontario, the only other province that has a massive infrastructure deficit like this is British Columbia. But British Columbia doesn't have a problem with everybody in Vancouver saying, oh no, it's only us, the rest of the province could just starve. Their issue is they don't want massive urbanization to eat up all of their farmland because land is valuable when you're surrounded by mountains. Well, the same goes for the state of California, the state of Washington, and the state of Oregon too. But unfortunately, they have limited access throughways because of an American president who pushed through the interstate pact. We did have one Prime Minister in Canada who once said that we need to create a national highway program to have a limited access freeway style Trans-Canada Highway from coast to coast so that people across this country can safely traverse our great nation on easily accessible highways. The Prime Minister was Jean Chrétien. But again, a lot of his cabinet came from urban centers such as Ottawa, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, and Calgary, where only the people from Calgary and the province of Alberta were stating, yeah, that seems like a viable option. Let's look into that. Where everybody else from Toronto had that mentality of there's not enough traffic to warrant it. Deaths every year are not enough to warrant expanding a highway. This is a major problem in Northern Ontario, but it is also a major problem in Southern Ontario. As of right now, there's a massive construction project going on to create a new limited access throughway to attach Waterloo with Guelph. If you've ever ridden Highway 7 between Guelph and Waterloo during rush hour or even on weekends, it is crazy. It is heavily backed up and it is a major problem. The government of Ontario has this weird thing where roadways need to be at over 90% capacity before it warrants expansion. So essentially, they're not going to do anything about the problem until the problem is at maximum occupancy. It's the same reason why they keep telling us that they don't need to four-lane the highway to Sudbury because uh, there's not enough traffic to warrant it. It's not the fact that it's a main throughway connecting Northern Ontario with Southern Ontario allowing for the development and creation of more jobs north 
of the major cluster, which is the Golden Horseshoe, or as they call it in the infrastructure world, the Greater Toronto-Hamilton area. See, like I said in the bubble instance, people who live within that bubble only travel upwards of an hour and a half within its territory. Well, an hour and a half when you live in a place such as Hamilton brings you to Port Dover, or St. Jacob's, or in some cases, Vaughan. But going outside of Vaughan is a little too far. Like King Township, even Cookstown, ooh, that, that, that's way too far up there. Now, this is an issue that a lot of major areas across multiple countries experience. But as they've expanded the infrastructure, more people have traveled to these areas. When they opened up the 416 in the 90s, finally connecting Highway 401 to the 417 in Ottawa, making it so you didn't have to go all the way to Montreal to cross over to Ottawa, all of the little towns along that area started experiencing growth. Canada was a far-end area which concluded where the Ottawa Centre, the Corral Centre, as it originally was called, now I think it's Canadian Tire Centre, was out in the middle of nowhere. There was literally 15 minutes of nothingness between Canada and Ottawa. And this is where there are major NHL team plays. Since opening the 416, these areas have expanded. Expanding the 417 out to Arnprior. Arnprior is now expanding, which means now people are looking at Renfrew to live in. Hell, even Pembroke and Petawawa people in Ottawa are looking at because this highway has moved out. Now, the 400 has always been and has gone as far for four-laning as Gravenhurst and Bracebridge when I was younger. Hell, even went as far as Huntsville. And all those areas along it didn't experience massive growth the city of Aurelia now is but Vaughn when I started college 20 years ago had its first population sign added to it 15,000 people that was 2001 today that city is about to crack 300,000 people all because the 407 was built around it and now our government is looking at building what they call the 413 a new ring road around Toronto because the 407 you have to pay to utilize and the 401 is clogged so Toronto needs a new set of lungs well a brown belt as you would say because the 407 was actually built in the green belt the Lincoln M. Alexander Highway built in Hamilton Ontario is the only expressway outside of the QEW and the 403 which are provincial highways that go through the area they fought for 25 years for the government to allow them to build this this is a city of half a million people and they were fighting to build this because the government said we don't need that. The city of London, Ontario has the 401 going through the bottom of it and the 402 going along the side of it. There is no ring road around a city that is nearly 400,000 people now because their city council is holding up the expansion of the airport parkway. They don't want it because they don't want it near their houses. This goes same with expanding the parkways through Waterloo. And like we said, Highway 7. The government in Ontario, like I said, waits until places are at 95% capacity. Right now, when I leave my house on a Friday and drive out to camp, which is just over an hour west of where I live, I travel on Highway 17. There's a small four-lane section that was built in 1980 outside of Sudbury when the government promised they were going to four-lane Highway 17 to con ease congestion. They built 20 kilometers outside of Sault Ste. Marie, outside of Sudbury, and outside of North Bay. Those 20-kilometer stretches were the only sections that government built, and they did it to get into power, and that is it. They at least kept their promise back then. Where our government now in this province has stated they will complete Highway 69 before the end of their first term. We are now about to enter our second year of the second term of the PCs run by the Ford government. And there hasn't been anything happening on Highway 69 in the expanse of Highway 400 to Sudbury. 60 kilometers. 
The only reason why North Bay has their four-lane highway, even though Highway 11 in certain areas has less traffic than Highway 69 to Sudbury, is because the premier at the time that that was nearing completion was from their city. So is that how we get infrastructure built in this province? Is to make sure that the premier comes from our main city? Toronto is getting all these brand new throughways, subways, light rail systems because the premier comes from Toronto and has never gone outside of his own bubble. If the man literally got in his own car, drove during rush hour from Toronto all the way to Thunder Bay on a long weekend in the middle of summer, he would understand the amount of traffic along the Trans-Canada Highway across this province. In the city I live in, Sudbury, they built an expansion to ease congestion on LaSalle Boulevard. LaSalle Boulevard, during rush hour, still only reached 70% occupancy. It was not gridlocked. There was only one area that was gridlocked and would only hold you up by 8 to 10 minutes. And then they rebuilt the intersection, which reduced that time down to 5 minutes. And then they expanded Mealy Drive, something they've been fighting with the government since I was born to build. When you travel on it in the middle of the day on a weekend, there's nobody on it. When you travel it on it during rush hour, there's a lot of people on it. It runs at 35% capacity. And that's at peak times, reducing the traffic on LaSalle Boulevard to a maximum of 55% capacity. Our car-centric city, we know that we have to travel, because in the fact we have rock breaking up everything in our city, we know we need to expand our roadways, because it's not easy to create crossroads for major centers. When you go from New Sudbury to downtown, there's a crossroad at Berrydown, and the next one is at Notre Dame. Well, that's eight kilometers, eight kilometers in a main city, before you have a crossroad where LaSalle and the King's way can get connected those are east west links the north south links are between eight to ten kilometers away from each other so if we in this city waited similar to that of cities like Sault Ste. Marie and North Bay and waited until the government mandated amounts were in place, mainly drive wouldn't exist and people would be stuck in gridlock. More and more gridlock. I get it, roads are expensive, but having a multitude of roads decreases the wear on other roads because now when you have to do construction every eight years as opposed to every 15 years, that causes more headaches, that causes more issues, and that's lost time and lost revenue for business. The province of Ontario was smart, knowing that Highway 400 running between Toronto and Barrie was running at low times, 75% capacity, and at peak times, running at 95% capacity. That's why they're adding one extra lane right now. And they're actually taken 22 years to add that extra lane, and they're not even halfway done. That's how slow things go. We have a massive infrastructure deficit. I'm not saying we need all these massive highways in Northern Ontario. Yeah, we do. Highway 17 from Batchewana Bay all the way across to Mattawa. The four-laning all the way up to Sudbury and no a little north to Dowling. And then four-lane expansion from Nipigon all the way to the Manitoba border. Now, why, are, why do I state these areas? Is because from Nipigon to Thunder Bay, there's only one highway when you cross this province. So when that highway shut down, you're fucked. There's no other way around it. And there's lots of these in Ontario. In the wintertime, transport traffic is all routed to Highway 11 going through the northern route. 
hurts. It's flat. It's boring. And trust me, if you've, I've done it once, and that's it. That's it. The Capiscasing, Hearst, New Liskard. Nice little towns. Cochrane's got polar bears. Go swim with the polar bears if you really want to. And you can go catch the train to take you up to the James Bay in Ontario. But it's still boring. Transports take that in the wintertime because Highway 17 gets shut down because, it, like I said, it's an amazing highway that runs the coast of Lake Superior along the mountain range on the north side of Great Lake. But when that highway shut down, you're hours, not minutes, hours away from the next cutoff you can take to get over to Highway 11. When it gets shut down between Nipigon and White River, you actually have to go up towards Manitowage and take a back highway. My big bosses, like our main office to where I work, is in Thunder Bay. They got shut down just before Wawa once and had to go back and go up Highway 11. It added six and a half hours to their trip. When Highway 69 for me gets shut down and I'm going down it and I have to go out of my way to go to Albin, that adds an extra two hours to my trip. Well, in the south, if Highway 7 got shut down, the one they're expanding between Waterloo and Guelph, that adds 30 minutes to my trip. And even if that highway shuts down, I still only have to go an extra 10 minutes out of my way. Where if 69 was shut down and Highway 537 was shut down, I would have to go all the way back to Sudbury. And each highway that gets shut down adds another two hours in Northern Ontario to your trip. Two hours minimum. When the Spanish River Bridge, if that were to collapse, my parents couldn't get to Sudbury in the wintertime. They would literally have to drive all the way to Sault Ste. Marie, up to Wawa, all the way over to Timmins and down to get to Sudbury if my dad had an appointment and it was wintertime. In the summer, they can hop the, the boat, the Chichiman, from South Baymouth across. But like I said, this is because of a major deficiency. If the province of Ontario was smart, similar to that of the East Coast and out West, they would make it so that when roads hit 50% capacity, they start Start looking into the expansion for future reference. And the second it hits 60% capacity, they start the process to build it. Highway 17 between Mattawa and Batchewana Bay from May until November. Okay, so six months of the year, half of the year, runs at 75% capacity. Sure, in the wintertime, it only runs at the lowest point, 20% capacity, and at the highest point, 52% capacity. So it's not as high. But during those summer months, if something major happens, that's shut down in your hours without anything moving. The province of Ontario was proven right one year, one faithful year, that their mindset on only waiting until things hit 90% capacity for expansion and not having alternative routes in place is detrimental to the economy of the country. Engineering firm from Toronto, Ontario decided they were going to head up the engineering of a brand new cable stay bridge in Nipigon, Ontario. Nipigon, Ontario is situated in the far bay of Lake Superior, out essentially an hour and a half drives outside of Thunder Bay. Well, Nipigon is where Highway 11 comes back and meets Highway 17. And in between the connection on the east side of the Nipigon River and until you get to Thunder Bay, Highway 17 is the only highway east-west in the entire province of Ontario. Well, when they built that bridge, the first winter, it was open to the public. That engineering firm didn't understand how cold airflow underneath that bridge on the Nipigon River gets. They built it to a standard similar to that that they would build for other areas areas of Ontario, not cold front coming off Lake Superior, where wind gusts underneath that bridge can reach minus 60. And guess what happened? The bridge broke away from the edge. A two and a half foot gap opened up on it. And for three days, the province of Ontario was shut down. Unless you had your papers and were willing to go across the border 
and travel through the United States, there was no other way around it. Truckers who did have that information had 17 and a half hours, 17 and a half hours added to their trips just across the border and go around and connect it with Sault Ste. Marie. 17 and a half hours added to their trip, whether they were stuck in either Thunder Bay side or on the Sault Ste. Marie side, all because somebody fucked up. They didn't understand the environment in Northern Ontario, and they also didn't understand the fact that if something fails in this bridge, the entire province is severed in two. It was nine days before transport traffic resumed across that bridge. Nine days of no goods or services moving across the province of Ontario. It took three days before they finally put a, a hunk of steel across and allowed one lane at a time of personal traffic to cross that bridge. Could you imagine if you were coming from Scriber, Ontario, going to Thunder Bay for an appointment? You have cancer and you have to go to the hospital because of your appointment. And now you're stuck waiting three days to cross. All because the province of Ontario states that that highway only has 50% capacity maximum. Why do we need to create a secondary road? Why do we need to expand it? They don't care about your safety. The province of Ontario, their massive infrastructure deficit is based off of numbers only. They don't care about your well-being. They don't care about your livelihood. And they don't care about your business. And that's a problem from a province that's says we are open for business they don't give two shits about your business because they rather your truck sit on the 401 in gridlock for two and a half hours while you're losing money because they refuse to put an expanded throughway in they want your goods or your precious metals for your brand new batteries for your ev cars sitting on a highway in northern ontario for six and a half hours because the highway's closed and the truck can't get around how much money did you lose in that six and a half hours let's just put this into perspective honda alliston has just-in-time inventory and they will charge you this this is what i learned when i was in school back in 2001 so 22 years ago they used to charge you 186 thousand dollars an hour if your delivery was late an hour 186 thousand dollars an hour because that's how much it cost them to shut down their production line there was one company that had trucks stuck in aurelia for four and a half hours and it nearly bankrupt the company because they couldn't move product 400 was shut down and this truck wasn't allowed to use most of the back roads to get to alliston the trucks were stuck and instead of the province expanding the 404 to meet highway 11 just outside of bracebridge ontario and expanding the 427 all the way up to highway 400 near penetanguishene they allowed those trucks to sit there and that company to essentially almost hit bankruptcy there's a lot of places in this province that need better infrastructure st thomas ontario is getting Canada's biggest battery manufacturing plant from Volkswagen. Sure, they're close to the 401, but there's no other throughway. If you've ever been to the town of St. Thomas, Highway 3 going through it has actually been set up to be a throughway. Similar concept is set up in Tilsonburg further down the road, well, over an hour away. Highway 6 going from the 403 out to the Hamilton International Airport and all the way to Caledonia has already been set up to be a massive throughway to move trucks and traffic at a steadier rate, but it hasn't been expanded. Hell, it wasn't even until the late 90s that the 403 was finally completed. There was a section between Ancaster, Ontario and Brantford that wasn't limited access. Truck traffic had to get off onto a four-lane traffic light road. All because they said the highway wasn't at capacity yet. Anytime I drove it, it was like driving on any major four-lane road anywhere else in the province. Waiting too late is costing our province billions every year. 
And it's also costing us growth. Sure, we're the province that everybody wants to move to and apparently has everything in it. But unfortunately, that growth is only centered in one central area. Unless it's Toronto, nobody else in the province gets anything. Like I said, London doesn't have a ring road. Kitchener-Waterloo is lacking of highways. Hamilton, Highway 6 isn't expanded between there and Guelph, which is limiting their needs. The Niagara Peninsula needs an alternative to the 403. The 407 expansion between Peterborough and Ottawa to help reduce traffic on the 401 and open up the areas of Bancroft, Ontario to more expansion. The 417 expansion out to Deep River, Ontario. The Highway 17 expansion from Mattawa all the way to Batchewana Bay. The Highway 17 expansion right now from Rossport, Ontario across Nipigon all the way to Thunder Bay and Thunder Bay to the American border. Did you know the Americans were going to build an interstate from Superior, Wisconsin all the way to Thunder Bay to allow the city of Thunder Bay to have a free trade agreement essentially with the state of Wisconsin? But the province of Ontario said there's not enough traffic to warrant a four-lane limited access throughway from the city of 100,000 people to the American border. So the Americans just said, well, fuck you, we don't want to trade with you. And that area doesn't have any trade. Like I said in the beginning, when I was on the East Coast, all of their main highways were running similar to that of Northern Ontario, running between 50 and 60% capacity in the summertime. And they expanded all their highways. Some of their major urban centers after this did have expansions. And it's the first time in nearly 30 years since the fall of both mining coal mining and the fishing industry on the east coast of Canada that those areas were growing. Hell, The Rock, Newfoundland, ever since the expansion of the highways outside of St. John's, those areas have increased in growth. And hell, it's an island. There's nothing else, but they've experienced growth. Alberta, you can drive all the way to Grand Prairie on a four-lane roadway. That's as far north as you can go. Hell, you can go to Fort McMurray, and unfortunately it's not 100% connected with Edmonton. And if you've ever traveled that highway, that highway has the same amount of traffic that you find on Highway 17 between Sault Ste. Marie and Sudbury and they expanded it in Alberta because it was a safety factor because when they had to shut that down billions of dollars in oil revenue was drying up. When Highway 17 gets shut down the minerals that are required for these EV batteries that Volkswagen is building in southern Ontario who has signed deals with electric battery who has a refinery in northern Ontario to supply these materials to Volkswagen. The government refuses to build a limited access highway or even a four-lane roadway from North Bay into Temiskaming Shore because traffic doesn't warrant it. The excuse is everywhere in this province and our infrastructure deficit is growing exponentially every single year. Every 20 kilometers they've added to Highway 69 has increased more traffic on Highway 69. If it was completed, it would increase travel. If 17 was completed, it would increase travel. It would open up the areas for better infrastructure development and better trade with the rest of the country inclusive of the United States. But unfortunately, our infrastructure is held up. Similar to that of the North-South and East-West Thai links into Northwestern Ontario and the Ring of Fire. The government has dragged their feet on every form of infrastructure in this province. In the North, we get screwed over a hundred times worse than they do in the South. Where it could take 25 years for them to build a throughway around Hamilton, it will take us 50 years to get a quarter of the amount that they got in 25 years. If this province decreased their lines and started stating the fact that when things hit 50% occupancy ratio, they have to look into expansion to ensure that by the time they hit 65%, those extra lanes open up and it gets decreased back to 45 to 50%.
maintaining the infrastructure and maintaining the flow of traffic because without that they're costing us money and if you want major proof of it look at bc sure it's expensive to do business there and sure it's highly expensive more expensive there to build limited access throughway through the mountains on highway one but bc's starting to realize that if they created a safer link people could travel along it safer which means it wouldn't be shut down which means they wouldn't be losing money and revenue the more taxes you get the bigger you get the more money you have to expand all user services they are starting to realize this unfortunately only on highway one everywhere else in the province could just go suck it they have the same mentality as ontario if ontario's mentality changed for that an infrastructure was put in place between nipigon and thunder bay sault ste marie Mattawa, Sudbury, toronto gravenhurst in toronto and the 413 was built to go from hamilton ontario all the way to peterborough and from peterborough all the way to ottawa it would make it so much easier to travel this province and see the greatness that's around us it would allow more people to get outside of their bubbles because as i learned when i living down south for college most of those people had never been further north than barry because they originally thought the end of the world was in barry because that's where the four lane ended after that we're all towns of a thousand people and nothingness for about two hours until you got to manitoba it's kind of funny because 85 percent of the province of ontario is north of toronto understanding that and understanding the fact that infrastructure needs to be put in place quicker than when it reaches maximum occupancy this province could really reduce its infrastructure deficit and no matter what you put in place for car sharing carpooling light rail or any other transit systems highways are still going to be required for the transportation of goods and services so until this province realizes that they need to decrease maximum rates of all of these highways a province is going to continue bleeding itself of all of this money and putting everything in toronto only means that they benefit only inside of their bubble because all of those guys that have to take stuff outside of that bubble the transportation corridor well they know what it's like outside of the bubble and outside of the bubble it sucks so premier ford and the ontario government i got one thing to say to you you can go fucking suck it because your mentality for expanding infrastructure is highly outdated and you're retarded if you think that infrastructure should be only be expanded when it reaches its maximum point everybody knows that when your business is growing you don't wait until the very last second to expand you expand before you get to that point and the rest of the province is crying to be expanded because we've reached that point and we're sick and tired of having to wait to get to that point just to get expansions and then waiting another 20 years to have those expansions put in so open your eyes we're all in this together and when the infrastructure all works together the province will be a better place you ever notice alberta grows across the board same with the east coast unfortunately only one area of ontario grows and that is an area that's been a belt since the 1960s so if you like this podcast or hell you want to you know send me back an email and tell me i'm wrong and tell me that you know i'm part of urbanization and destroying the environment well trust me uh send me an email at email at autolux.net and i will set you up with an interview and we can talk and i can prove to you my points but if you do like this podcast, please like, share, or comment, and send our premier of this province a nasty little email telling him that his mindset on infrastructure development for him and all previous governments of this province is horribly skewed towards one particular space and no one else. And then send him this podcast and tell him to call me. Because trust me, I'm waiting for the phone calls at email at autolux.net. And after you've done that, stop by the website, take a review of what we have, take a look at some of our cars, and read some more of the articles, listen to some more podcasts, and find out information about infrastructure and vehicles from around the world on the autolux.net website.
The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group, distributed by Podbeam.com, and hosted by the one and only Everett J. So for myself, Everett J, the Autolux.net website, strap yourself in, sit back, grab a coffee, and watch as time slowly goes by, because I'll be dead and long in the ground before they ever give us the infrastructure we need in this province. I don't need to strap myself in for this one fun wild ride. I've already been riding it.